This is the Michelangelo Signorelli Show. Welcome back. I'm Michelangelo Signorelli on Sirius XM Progress 127. Senator Tammy Baldwin has come on the program many times, but only once since the election, so I'm real excited to have her back. She is the United States Senator uh, from Wisconsin, one of, of course, uh, two United States Senators from Wisconsin, uh, a Democrat, former uh, Congress member, and uh, someone who was the first openly lesbian member of the House of Representatives, now the first uh, openly gay or lesbian member of the United States Senate, and uh, joins me once again to uh, chat. So great to have you back on the show. I am delighted to join you. Thank you so much. And, of course, we uh, haven't spoken to you since the big wins uh, at the Supreme Court last That's month. Correct. Yes. What How do you exciting. think? Yeah. What, what does it do? Um, I mean, how does it kind of send a message on Capitol Hill? You're there every day uh, working with your colleagues. Well, it sends um, so many strong messages about um, how far our country has come on this particular issue and the fact that uh, I think by virtue of the Supreme Court decision in both the Perry but especially in the Windsor case, that they've left for the next generation a country that's a little more equal. And that's, um, that's really, you know, very exciting. Now, uh, it, the job isn't done on marriage equality or equality in general, but um, it was a really, really important step. And I have to say also, as a former member of the House of Representatives, in the Windsor case, it was the House of Representatives that kept up this vigorous defense of the Defense um, of Marriage Act. And, uh, you know, in, in light of the fact that the president and the attorney general had concluded that it was indefensible, um, it was really good just to see that come to a, cl- a close and uh, that chapter shut. Yes, I think it was just in the last few days they officially um, dropped the case, right? No longer is the House uh, fighting to keep DOMA as the law of the land. Correct. And, uh, you know, that was formalized by uh, uh, dropping the uh, uh, relationship with the law firm, which has cost taxpayers millions of dollars to keep up this defense. And so at these times of... Um, you know, fiscal austerity, uh, the um, well in excess of a million dollars that was uh, was charged to the taxpayers to defend a law that our attorney general and president had concluded was unconstitutional was uh, unnecessary. You're one of the co-sponsors of ENDA, the Employment Non-Discrimination yeah. Act. Uh, of course, um, we've talked about this many times. I think the last time you were on the show, uh, we talked about the progress that it would be going through the uh, Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee. Uh, you, you felt secure at that time that it would get a vote uh, in the Senate. Uh, I have to say you've been right <laughs> since uh, it did pass the committee, and Harry Reid has said uh, it is uh, going to get a vote. Uh, and I, I guess the question now is, what kind of support do we see in the Senate? Can it pass that 60-vote 
threshold. What are we seeing from Republicans at this point? Well, let me take the the committee markup of the legislation as uh, a sort of hint of what is to come. Because I have to tell you, as a former House member, I came to the uh, the executive session that we held on the bill ready for a lengthy and protracted debate. I thought I was, well, I came prepared to argue against um, amendments that might try to uh, undercut the uh, impact of the Employment Non-Discrimination Act. And I was so pleasantly surprised by how smooth the executive session went. And in the end, we were hoping to pick up uh, some additional Republicans who hadn't previously voiced their public support for ENDA. In fact, during that markup, we picked up two additional. Now, when I say additional, that's above and beyond Senator Mark Kirk, who is the lead Republican sponsor of ENDA, along with Senator Jeff Merkley. Uh, the vote was 15 to 7. That, I think, is a very encouraging sign for what's to come. Now, I'm not suggesting that it's going to be smooth sailing uh, through, the, um, uh, you know, through the, the process on the Senate floor. And there will be people who offer uh, amendments um, and try to slow this down or perhaps even gut it. Uh, but uh, I, I, I felt like there was really, really strong and broad bipartisan support for the bill. Now, we still have work to do. If we were to hold all Democrats, we would still need um, additional Republicans to join our efforts. And so we're working on that. Uh, lots of conversation are coming, uh, are coming along. It's not clear that we'll hold every single Democrat uh, in the uh, Senate. So then we'd have to get even more Republicans. So we're working on it. And I hope that uh, by the autumn, we'll be in a place where we can feel very confident that we'll have 60 votes when we go to the floor. It's been 20 years, I think, uh, since Enda had been voted on the first time uh, in, in back in 1996, of course, to ban um, employment discrimination for gay people. Um, this is the first time a bill has actually passed, including transgender people. Yep. Uh, but it has religious exemptions that have been criticized by uh, the ACLU uh, and the National Center for Lesbian Rights. And, and some people feel like, why not move forward with a bill that is more to the times we're in, that maybe it those religious exemptions were the same ones from 20 years ago? And other people have said, why don't we just go for a larger bill that, you know, asks for housing protections, public accommodation, and then and then you get, you know, whatever whatever you get, but you, you throw out something bolder. I wanted to ask you about that. Well, I, that's a lot of questions, so let me kind of uh, take them uh, piece by piece. You know, I, I uh, share uh, your concerns and other concerns that have been voiced about the specific language in the Senate bill on um, the religious exemption, but it was very clear when uh, the co-authors and um, others were coming together uh, in preparation for introducing the bill that um, it would have a lot uh, fewer co-sponsors um, and initial support if that language wasn't in. And it was, uh, you know, 
legislating is about compromise and um, and it was one of the compromises made. So it's sort of the starting point in the um, in the U.S. Senate. Uh, but I think it's something that is important that we talk about during the process and understand, um, you know, what the the import and the impact of this language is. Now, with regard to what has been called before, say, an omnibus approach to LGBT. Um, equality and sort of dealing with uh, multiple facets uh, in one bill, uh, I'd actually, and I, I find myself keep referring, keeping on referring back to my service in the House of Representatives, but um, one of the challenges is that a bill like that would be referred to probably four or five or more committees. And if you think it's hard to get a bill through one committee, let me tell you how hard it would be to get a bill through four or five or more committees in the House of Representatives. Now, the process is a little different on the Senate side. It seems to kind of go through the, the committee with major jurisdiction, but not have to go to all the ones that have a small piece of jurisdiction. But, you know, that's really been the reason. Um, I actually think it's, um, it, it can be very constructive to draft such a bill. And to have a sort of master list of all of the things that we hope to achieve, to achieve full equality. Uh, and that I think when you draft a bill like that and sign on co-sponsors, you can get a sense of where we are in the debate. But actually, you know, threading that needle, actually getting a bill through all those committees would be um, probably uh, quite a challenge. And I think we want to see progress faster than that. In fact, we want to see it yesterday, but, you know, we, 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 we'd prefer to see it tomorrow than, than uh, uh, many years off. I, I was curious about your thoughts on the Republican Party and, and where the Republican Party is going. When we last spoke, Senator Portman had just come out for marriage equality, and that was a great thing. His son had come out as gay a couple of years ago, and now he had moved on the issue. Uh, Senator Mark Kirk supported marriage equality soon after that announced it and and just recently uh senator murkowski of alaska and that's great to see that support but some of your other colleagues of uh, them those who've uh talked about republican colleagues i mean in the senate who've been talked about as possible presidential contenders they've made some remarks that seem to not take the advice of some political analysts that the Republican Party needs to change and seem to be speaking to the base. Uh, Senator Rand Paul has said that gay marriage will lead to polygamy and, and marriage with non-humans. Senator Cruz just made some comments saying that gay marriage is going to lead to Christianity being hate speech. It seems that we're, we're seeing, and Senator Rubio as well, um, saying, you know, he uh, is uh, opposed to, to gay marriage. I mean, and it just seems, and, and, and even employment discrimination uh, bill like ENDA, it seems that they're still in the same place. I'm curious about your thoughts about it. Yes, well, you know, it's very interesting after the 2012 elections, uh, which had some surprising results for uh, for the Republican Party, obviously, they um, had thought that they might win the presidential race. They thought that they would do better in terms of um, winning seats in the United States Senate. And they did um, what I think they called an autopsy of the, uh, of the election. 
and you know when they convene to sort of take uh, share lessons learned uh one of the things that a number of folks recommended was uh a reexamination of um of a number of issues that we put into the category of social issues but including um their views on uh LGBT equality and marriage equality in particular and it seems like a some you know some within the party have taken those um you know those things to heart and others have run screaming in the opposite direction um you know there's those who are looking at the future of their party perhaps maybe in um very practical terms of can they win the presidency next time around can they uh, uh make headway in um you know in other elections and are saying we have to be more in sync with the thinking of young conservatives for example you know we know that age demographics on equality suggests that you know if you're under 35 uh, it doesn't matter if you're conservative or liberal, Republican or Democrat, Libertarian. You're going to be pro-LGBT rights for the most part. And uh, you know, so so some are are sort of getting getting with it and waking up, and others aren't. I think the other thing that I would mention as a commonality among those who have. Uh, especially the Republicans in the Senate who have come out in favor of marriage equality, almost all of them point to a personal experience, an interaction with um, an individual or a family or folks who have um, have caused them to question their old thinking. And to a one that has an impact, and it just says over and over again that our visibility, our voices are important in turning public opinion and individual opinion. You have uh, certainly worked with those Republicans who have um, at least shown an indication to want to work on these issues, such as Senator Susan Collins uh, of Maine. Are they working, uh, lobbying on, on ENDA and these other issues? Are they pushing their colleagues on these issues? You know, I um, yes, the answer is yes. Um, we are uh, actually just uh, uh, putting together a working group uh, to start uh, making sure that we have the votes by the time this is brought to the floor, and that will involve colleague talking to colleague. That's the best way to do it. Um, prior to our, our uh, you know, assigning names and and uh, and making those assignments, um, there there have been some really important discussions, uh, uh, and uh, I know my colleagues are working hard to inform their colleagues to answer questions. You know, you have uh, it's been a long time since there's been a vote on on ENDA, even in committee in the Senate, let alone on the floor. Uh, people need to be brought up to speed. They may have questions that need answering, and it's uh, really helpful if their um, trusted colleagues are equipped with answers. Well, I want to thank you uh, for taking the time out, uh, always. Uh, we know you're really busy. We know those votes are always uh, about to happen. So we really appreciate uh, the time, and, and I hope we'll be able to speak to you again soon. Well, I hope so also, and it's been a real delight to catch up with you. Absolutely. Uh, Senator Tammy Baldwin, Democrat from Wisconsin. We are back on Sirius XM Progress 127 in a couple of minutes. This is the Michelangelo Signorelli Show, Sirius XM 